0: Okay, ready. Yeah. I'm going to get started. If you want better sleep, you need a better <laughs> mattress.
1: <laughs> Sponsor us. We sometimes put out episodes never on time. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hello, beautiful people. I'm Danny and I'm Brit and this is the Gay Cousin Club podcast and we are not sponsored. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um
1: <laughs> I am so lame that I have been thinking about doing that um it's significantly less funny for me now that you've said that now I hate it and I want you to edit it out <laughs> just kidding no don't edit it out Oh, I'm just nope. gonna edit out this nope if you get to say that I get to shame you that's
0: fair that's fair, fair enough.
1: enough fair enough so we're back with another episode um it's been a little bit again it's always a little bit we're always falling apart it is what it is we're not gonna get into it um just fair warning, I will probably be coughing. And also, yeah. I just mixed, I'm realizing now, because I was waiting for you for a while, I mixed um, cold medicine that I took about an hour ago with half of a twisted tea.
0: Nice. kind
1: of wish you were telling the story tonight, but anyway, we'll see what happens.
0: I actually don't even have a beverage tonight oh, because I didn't see your text, and you were waiting 10 minutes, so I was like,
1: oh my god, and then I ran. You told me. Text you when you're getting set up, and I said, I'm getting set up. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, I never got this. And literally right before you sent that, I was like, yeah, I was definitely on look at my her. phone too.
0: Like, I was just playing on my phone and I just didn't Here. see that I got a
1: text message because I'm an idiot. Okay. You shouldn't have said that, but you are such a fucking dig. That means, Penny, you know, the notification, you have push notifications. It's pushing onto your screen, but you're playing your little games and watching your little tick <laughs> Your Tick attack. I love TikTok. Tock. I just have to say it in a condescending yes. way. And, 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 and that means you intentionally You made a choice. No, to it's because. I
0: think, like, you reacted to the message that I sent, and then, like, you sent your message or whatever.
1: So, like, I saw that you had reacted, Oh yeah, and Danny, then I just, like, Danny. scrolled up. She told me that I was the top wiener, because <laughs> I was trying to tell her I'm good whenever. But my autocorrects ch- kept changing good whenever to tops wiener, which makes significantly less sn- sense. But, and you know what? I am the tops. wiener. She is. She is the tops wiener. Okay,
0: so anyway. Yes. Do you have anything you want to share?
1: Um... um
0: Funny I mean, gay, I wanted to tell you. But I was like, you should save it for the podcast. I don't remember.
1: Okay, you need to write these things down because you always do that where, like, you don't talk to me for a few days before we record. Because you're like, oh, I was saving you for the podcast. And then you don't remember.
0: Like, I literally have a medical condition where, like, I'm not remembering things. But I'm like, this will be the time. This will be the time that I remember.
1: To tell Brittany. Not that I'm diagnosing us with ADHD, but, like, kind of. Um, I... I saw a meme of a tweet <laughs> that said, "Being in a relationship with someone with ADHD is like."
0: I don't remember it. Oh my god, I can't remember this. That's okay. it. That's the whole tweet. Period. Oh God. <laughs> I let her for what it wrong. No, But this, that's, like, 100% accurate. That's, that's it. That's
1: what it is. <laughs> oh, my God. How many in real time?
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no.
1: I want to find it, though. It was really
0: funny. Oh, I'm embarrassed. Good. Well, while you're looking, I'm going to tell you a story that is 100% getting taken out. Um, so, yesterday, when I'm on my way to the doctor my tummy flips, and I'm like, "Oh, Did you poop your pants? Still have, no. like We still have 20 minutes left in this drive. Like, we got... We're gonna keep going. And, like, the way I need to go, it's not interstate, so it's not like, oh, you can just stop whenever I'm going through, like, all these small towns and shit. I'm like, you don't even have, like... Like, I, I will stop for a quick trip. They obviously don't have quick trips. They don't even have fucking BPs. Like, that's my backup.
1: Maurice, you used to own... You used to exclusively shit in shop goes, and then they closed all the shop goes. Where are you supposed to (laughs) shit now, Danny?
0: Now I feel like I need to keep this in. But um, I mostly almost exclusively shit in Quintrips. because they are superior. They have they have decent bathrooms. They do, and and then my backup is a BP. I don't shit in other gas stations, Brittany. It's not safe in my mind. But I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, and then I'm like, oh. Oh no! Like I, I cannot continue on this drive. So I see a grocery store. I'm like grocery stores are totally safe. So mind you, I have my fucking child in the back seat. So I can't just like book it into the store. I have to undo the car seat and pick up my child. And oh, cool! She took off her socks and shoes. And it's raining. So I'm like shoving her feet in these shoes. I'm like, let's go, honey. And we're running. And I'm, Danny.
1: Like, Danny, did you shit your Just pants? Just
0: wait. And then I'm like, I'm then, walking, I'm walking through the store. I'm hugging the outside walls because I'm like, it's going to be here. You take the, you take the, what's it called? The not periphery, not parallelogram. What's it called? The outside. Perimeter. The perimeter. <laughs> you take the uh, perimeter. Per- <laughs> <laughs> you take the perimeter and you'll find a bathroom. There was no fucking bathroom. There were like eight different ways that you could go into the back of the store, but there was no bathroom. So I'm like, what the fuck? I wasted all of this time. I'm going to shit my pants. I'm squeezing my cheeks oh as hard as I've ever squeezed them. So I, I get my kid back in the car. She's buckled up. She's like, mama, mama, why? I'm like, mommy needs to poop. <laughs> and she goes, ew, poop. I'm like, you're right. So I'm like, <laughs> we're back in the car. I'm like, um, I'm like, looking on my Google Maps, like, where's the nearest gas station? And it's all like, which direction do you want to go? And like, I don't know where I am. <laughs> if I knew where I was, I wouldn't need you. So I'm like, I'm just gonna drive a direction and hope that my GPS figures it out because like just take the wheel. I'm I'm about to shit my pants. And the entire time my toddler's still in the back going, Mama poop, ew, stinky, and like keeps saying it. I'm like, I'm gonna get out of the car to go shit and she's gonna be seeing this in front of people so i'm like okay i see a gas station i don't know what gas station it was it was not my safety gas stations but i go well it's the kind where like the bathroom's on the outside of the store i'm like yeah, i know it means it's gonna be locked but i'm gonna take the two seconds to go see so i can hopefully just run it was locked i'm like oh my god I oh my god oh my god it's <laughs> happening I'm, like, oh having a God. full bridesmaids moment right now. As I'm holding my child, trying to make sure that she doesn't say anything about me pooping, I go inside, and, like, the register lady just, like, makes eye contact with me, and she's like, oh, she knows. I see her reaching for the key before I even, like, say anything. I'm like, can oh I give that damn key? She gives it to me, and it's like, I'm, like, a fucking baton, and I'm like, yes, she's a runner, she's a trick star, she hands it off to me, and I'm like... I didn't run. I couldn't run. One, I don't run. And two, like, oh, I would be shitting my pants. I finally get to the bathroom. And luckily, like, it's actually pretty clean in there. And it's big. So I can set my kid down. Because she's just, like, running around now. Like, singing about how she's jumping. Until I <laughs> I almost didn't make it. I made it. But I almost didn't make it. And then, like, as I'm pooping, she starts yelling, Mama! You're pooping, me. Yes, honey. Uh-huh. Yes, mommy's pooping. <laughs> shh, shh, shh Holy- quiet. And she just keeps yelling at it, and then she bangs on the bathroom door yes. outside, going, "Mommy pooping, ew, <laughs> oh, stinky." And I'm like, "Thank you, thank you, darling." The entire world. I <laughs> just hear it getting her little voice, though. Me, me pooping. Uh huh. And like, it was just that was. I made it. I didn't. I'm I'm so sorry. Like I literally, that was the closest I have ever come to shitting my
1: pants. I'm so sorry you experienced that, but good story though, right? Great story. And on the bright side, I did find the tweet. (laughs) (laughs) What? I knew it would be long enough. You'd find it. Okay. It said dating someone with ADHD is like microdosing Wikipedia.
0: Oh, that is. (laughs)
1: So So true. true. We had to start a whole ass podcast for all the dumb facts that I know.
0: I'm going to go tell my (laughs) wife and she's going to be like, one, why did you wake me up? And two, accurate. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Wait a minute. we call this meeting to order.
0: I'm excited. You said (laughs) it's going to be a good one.
1: Well, I'm excited because it's just a little bit different. So I'm actually going to tell two shorter stories today. Oh. I don't know how people feel about me when I do, like, the mini stories and I combine them. But there are two that I've been wanting to do, and I feel like they're shorter, and they just make sense together. So I feel misled. Two two shorter stories um, about same-sex couples who decided the law was not going to stand in the way of them having um, the marriages that they saw their heterosexual peers being allowed. Oh, I love that. Yeah these and this is it we're not talking civil unions we're not talking you know unofficial marriages no, or marriage. whatever these two couples roughly 70 years and a whole ocean apart found their own way to game the system and get granted marriages at a time when it was not legal in their countries um so i'm calling this one wily weddings <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a great fucking title okay
1: so our first story is about elisa and marcella um we're gonna take a Another trip across the pond. This time we're going to Spain. Ooh. So Elisa Sanchez-Loriga and Marcella Grazia-Ibias, I did a fanatic guy from we um, were two young women who met while they were going to school in Acaronia to become teachers at the end of the 19th century. <laughs> and yes, that century is correct, I checked. <laughs> Throwback to our old episodes. If you're listening in reverse order, you'll hear me be a fucking moron in the future. But anyway, um, so... They quickly, they're, they're at school, they're getting, they're studying to become teachers. They quickly become really close friends. And it was clear pretty much from the jump that this was not just a historically close female friendship. Much like other stories we've seen, like the ladies of Lincoln are a great example. Um, their families saw through it and were not having it. Mm. So Marcella's parents uh, saw the writing on the wall and they were not going to let their daughter pursue this relationship. So, they sent her away to Madrid to finish her schooling there. Fuck you. So, sent her out Acronia. Yeah. Uh, they kind of thought, like, all right, they're young enough, the separation, it'll sever this relationship. Mm-hmm. What they didn't plan for was that, and this is according to historian um, Narciso de Gabriel, who wrote a book about the couple, um, the two women eventually got teaching positions at nearby villages, <laughs> <like> neighboring <laughs> villages. So, they were only, like, a few miles apart. So On like, purpose? They were so close. I, I don't know, but okay. they are so co- close. Probably. That Lisa literally just walked the few miles to Marcella's house every single night after school.
0: I love that so much. Also, the commitment. I don't walk my ass fucking anywhere and she's walking a couple (laughs) miles every day. I'm like, I suck. (laughs) If she wanted to, she would. See, okay, I think all the time with that. And then it, it reminds me of like when my wife and I were first dating, she would drive like two hours frequently multiple times a week just to come see me for like an hour long day yeah yeah, yeah. um and then i'm over here like so i suck just in every feasible way i do
1: i think about that sometimes like when my partner and i were first seeing each other we were only like an hour apart when i was at school but he would come up and see me every single weekend and i usually drove down on most thursdays and we'd either hang out or spend the night and then i'd go back for work in the morning on fridays and then class now I can't even get my ass off the couch to go to the store. I will just do like Uber Eats or Amazon. Right? That's crazy. It's like,
0: oh, she wants me to get something from the fridge, and I'm like, that is the biggest inconvenience you could ever ask of me. How
1: dare you? <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> anyway, they they continued on like this for some time until they started. Um, they they realized they were gonna. They wanted this to be legally recognized, and they wanted to be in this for the long run. Okay. So they start to hatch the plan together. They're going to find a way to be married. And especially in Spain at the time, you needed to be married by the church. So as we know now, even in 2023, the church isn't amazing with same-sex marriages. So imagine in that time period. No way. (laughs) So to set the scene for their plot, they needed people to think that they were no longer an item because people kind of knew what was going on here. Mm -hmm. So to set the scene for their plot, they needed people to think that they were no longer an item. They had to make it clear in public that they had had this huge falling out. They fought. They were not on good terms.
0: I'm just picturing, like, okay. the most dramatic soap opera telenovela, like, winking the entire time, like, we're totally breaking up, right? LOL. Like yeah. Just acting sure. out in the streets so that everybody sees it. Yeah.
1: And even more so than that, and if we're talking, like, telenovela, Marcella, girly, she committed to the bit. Um, She got pregnant with an unidentified <laughs> man's child. No, she was, like, for real pregnant. For real pregnant. <laughs> she committed to the bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess she did. So, she goes on to announce publicly that she's going to marry Elisa's cousin, a man named Mario. Okay, So, Mario. Mario's this young man. Apparently, he's supposed to have family back in Alcaronia, but he had been raised in London by a family of atheists. Oh. So, since he had been raised by heathen atheists like me, <gasps> they had to get him baptized in the spanish catholic church so that he could marry marcella and her bastard baby yeah you know everything has to be on the up and up for the big sky daddy (laughs) so i'm so sorry for anybody who's religious that just was listening to that i just got canceled so (laughs) fuck (laughs) i always call him that in my head i love it it. whatever it's sky Daddy. clearly not a believer okay so anyway morning of the wedding Mario shows up in his suit next to his beautiful bride and there is photographic evidence of this. There's wedding portraits. <laughs> um, Only thing the priest didn't realize is that Mario was for sure Elisa who had cut her hair short and dressed as a dude in a suit. <laughs> so Elisa got baptized in May as a dude and in June, um, June 8th, 1901, the two were married by a parish priest in A Okay. So
0: it's like, well, I am bap You baptize me as this name, so yeah. In your eyes, I, I can am that name. So yeah. therefore, okay,
1: fucking loophole. That was genius. Yeah, and they conco- concocted this like whole backstory for Mario. He has this, you know, elaborate background in London with the atheists, so that they could marry each other. Oh, is he not even real? According- no, Mario's not real. I th- Mario's made okay. up. I
0: thought that like, it, like she was just pretending to be her cousin, like. That Mario did exist.
1: no. They That's they made up this band. person. That's even better. And so, according to that historian that I mentioned before, De Gabriel, um, the wedding still actually stands in Acaronia's civil register. That's amazing. Like it is filed there. Wait, so Freddie, of course they pulled the what? Oh, you just don't know my boyfriend. He goes to a different school. <laughs> he doesn't. He he goes. He's like a county over. You wouldn't know. Him. <laughs> <laughs> so. Of course, the two are ecstatic, but their excitement is, like, pretty short-lived, because their wedding portrait gets published in a newspaper, locally, Uh with the headline, A Wedding Without a Groom. Oh. Their neighbors had sold the story.
0: Those fuckers.
1: So they were found out. Yeah, they were found out. So, probably unsurprisingly, this was pretty sensational and pretty blasphemous, because they'd been married in the church to the public. So... Everyone knew their names and their story. There was no way they were going to be able to keep their jobs. Um, so they were both fired from their teaching jobs. They're excommunicated from the parish church. But now that parish priest is also coming under fire. The priest that wed them was like, I didn't know. It's not my fault. I want a doctor to examine Mario to see if that's a man or a woman. Oh, he's, he's so Elisa, doubling down. Yeah. Elisa agrees as Mario. And claims to be diagnosed as intersex back when he was living in London. When the doctor reported the results. When the doctor's basically like, this is a woman. Elisa's like, no, 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 I'm Mario. They diagnosed me as intersex when I was living in London. I live as a man. Oh. Okay. Didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these results led to the priest being denounced and persecuted for his role in the wedding. So he broke up. That court. sucks <laughs> for him. Yeah. So at this point, they're being threatened with criminal charges in the Spanish court. It's because, like, this is more than just, like, sneaky sneaky we got away with it like this is against the law yeah. and people are not fucking happy i feel like
0: that's one so, thing that like i have the privilege of forgetting that um i i always forget how actually dangerous it was for people because it was illegal like it's not just like yeah oh it's illegal and we kind of look down on it it's like no shit could actually happen to
1: them yeah for sure so and you remember marcella's pregnant too. yeah Oh my god! I just heard so, how privileged I sound compared to people in other countries, and I feel like a dick. But well, yeah, but that's I think that's kind of the point of us talking, exactly, about exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they run away to Portugal. That's where Marcella gives birth to his daughter. We still don't know who the father of that child was, and we'll never Mario, know. Mario, obviously, um, <laughs> to Mario. To this day, very little is known about that pregnancy. Um, some believe that it was just orchestrated to validate the marriage. That like Marcella. Slept with a man in, with the intention of getting pregnant. um That's that can't be proven. But I'm, I mean, if that's the case, damn. Yeah, they were in deep to make this work and to have it blown apart so quickly when she committed that hard. That's yeah, fucked. that sucks. So they're in Portugal, but that story from that little local newspaper blew up. I mean, 1901, two women getting married under the guise of a man and woman. Mm-hmm. So it ended up getting published in Spain, France, Belgium, and even Argentina eventually. Holy so shit. Pe- yeah, it like went international. It blew up. So people were bound to figure out who they were and they were screwed. Marcela and Elisa were caught by the Portuguese police really quickly. Spain's waiting for them to be extradited. It's a whole mess. So the Portuguese government's planning to extradite them. Jesus
0: Christ.
1: But, right. So but before so like they're they're being arrested on these crimes in Portugal, but the Portuguese police have to release them. Like they, they're planning to extradite them soon, but they can't actually hold them. So they're released before their extradition. Run. And these two are like, yeah, we're not going to wait okay, around. Good. <laughs> right. Exactly. So they booked ass out of the country before they could be sent home to stand trial. Like, oh, sorry, um, I just, I just need to um go over there really quick. Bye. Yeah, I have some quick business to handle in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and I will never see you again. <laughs> okay, bye. So, yeah, in 1902, they flee. They go to Argentina, and that's eventually why that story is published in Argentina as well, because they're going to get found out eventually. Unfortunately, the story does follow them. So while they're there, initially, though, before their story got out, they changed their names. So Marcella started going as Carmen, and Elisa started going as Maria, and they just worked as um, domestic servants. Wow, they went really far on Mario to Maria. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's true. They're sticking to what they know. I didn't even think about that. So in Argentina, Elisa slash Maria Mario. um, Elisa and remember they have the little daughter with them as well oh yeah so elisa marries a danish man named christian jensen or jensen i guess i'm not really sure if they how they pronounce the j's but um he was like 20 some years older than her or whatever um so she she marries this man and then she invites her sister carmen and carmen's daughter to come live with them in her new That's home as any good sister hilarious. would they're trying to do what they can to survive right but like yes these girls are crap yeah damn yeah but so obviously this is Marcella. If anybody was not connecting the dots, this is Marcella and, and the yeah, child. I thought she but, brought her
0: sister. Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> Christian was like, what the fuck? Y'all have sisters. <laughs> no, 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 no. He he got like suspicious pretty quick when Elisa refused to consummate their marriage. I'll do it. He was a little confused as to why that wouldn't happen. And then Elisa and her sister seem awfully close. <laughs> so yeah. Weird to tell my sister the story, but uh, yeah. <laughs> fuck <laughs> yeah so their story also eventually gets published in argentina so he like puts it all together he figures out who elisa and marcella really are and like this mystery child and christian took elisa to court to try to like invalidate their marriage like essentially get it like annulled kind, kind of, of like thing? annulled essentially okay. yeah because they didn't consummate it whatever um, and he's saying like because of this ruse i was tricked into it but the court said the marriage was valid so he'd have to actually like you know legally avoid the marriage um, and they said it was valid because this marriage was between a man and a woman. Apparently, that's all the fuck that matters. Okay, cool.
0: <laughs> Just as long as there's Jesus a penis p- and a vagina, Valid.
1: Yeah. <laughs> At this point, not much is known about what happened to Marcella and Elisa. Um, this part's like sad, so a warning, oh. but I-, I can't confirm if it's true or not. But according to a Mexican newspaper from 1909, Elisa may have committed suicide. No, but why that would, but like why that would be in a Mexican newspaper, I don't fully understand the details are very foggy so i can't say but do you um, think
0: they maybe like tried to flee again
1: well after argentina no, because marcella went on to marry a man so she did put down roots Hmm. so i i think i think lisa was out of the picture i wouldn't be surprised if she did like after everything Mm, you know yeah i just i'm i just can't say if it's for sure or not I mean, if your um, face is internationally known because of that and people yeah. are making that, it's like a it's shame. Like hard to find work and wherever you go, the story gets published. Yeah. I hate that a lot. So, Marcella does go on to marry Ma'am, like I said. And I mean, like, who can no, blame that at all? Like, if her partner died and she needed to be able to support herself and this child, like, in that time period, well, so she could do Do we do... know it was in that order? Not that <clears throat> she got married and then. Oh, good point. I hadn't thought about that. I, I guess i don't know the year that she either way like i understand
0: both perspectives i understand why she would marry a dude
1: and oh yeah like, i mean she Absolutely. has this child
0: to support she like again same reason why like i kind of understand the other side of like you're internationally known for this embarrassment like i
1: i, yeah. I get it you need to live yeah now not much is known about the end of their story but i do have a really crazy update from like, just, like, four years ago. No. What? Okay. okay. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. So, an Argentinian woman named um, Norma Graciela More recently, just, so, like, stop. in 2019. We need to appreciate that name. That was a beautiful name. It's a, yes, it's a very oh. beautiful name. Okay, carry on. So, she came forward publicly as Marcella's great-granddaughter. <gasps> cool yeah so she's doing some ancestral research on her family and she finds out about this netflix film from 2019 that was coming out called elisa and marcella and no i have not watched it yet because you know i always like to tell the story before i watch the movie just in case anything was dramatized i don't want it to like get into the story i do intend to watch it okay but so she learns about this movie and the marcella that she knew she knew under her argentinian alias marcella carmen okay yeah so, this would mean that she's the granddaughter of the baby girl that Marcella gave birth to back in Portugal. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so, she saw a historian, Narciso de Gabriel. Uh, that's what I mentioned earlier. He wrote a book about Mar- Marcella and Elisa. It was called um, Elisa y Marcela, Amigas y Amantes. So, <laughs> uh, Elisa and Marcella, friends and lovers. Um, so, she's looking at this book, and Norma sees just a wild resemblance between her great-grandmother, Marcella Carmen, and then the Marcella of the book. So, she reaches out to DeGabriel and eventually sent him her grandmother and great-grandmother's birth certificates, and he was able to confirm that her great-grandmother and the Marcello from his book were the same woman. That's so cool. How wild to start doing your ancestry and to find out that you have a great-grandma who's, like, currently having a movie made about her whole-ass love story. Yeah, Wild.
0: That's so fucking cool.
1: Yeah. So, this seems like such a great opportunity to learn more about what happened to Elisa and Marcella in Argentina, but sadly... Um, a lot of the documentation that Norma could have used to, like, share more information about their lives after what we know um, were lost in, like, a really tragic fire. Mm. So it sounds like the family had always believed that Marcella had become pregnant through an affair with a married man, and Elisa and her concocted this plan to marry in order to save Marcella's honor. But Norma, the great-granddaughter, spoke to the press saying, quote, whether it was that or that marcella was a lesbian or bisexual because she had relationships with men and women who can judge so i, love I think it's kind of like yeah like well i think there's like two sentiments here though like one who can judge us in like who the hell knows or like who can judge us in who cares i think it's like pretty clear what their relationship was when marcella's family literally sent her to a different city to try to split them up yeah but whatever you know ancestors can choose to believe what they want
0: oh um, yeah i i definitely took it as like a who are we to judge kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So, pretty wild story. A lot can be speculated on, but their marriage between two women did happen more than 100 years before Spain legalized same-sex marriage in 2005, and I think that's, like, regardless is pretty fucking cool. That's really fucking cool. So, now we're going to jump ahead to 1967, back across the pond to the U.S. Ooh. More current the story of Jack. Groovy times. Yeah, groovy. Jack and Michael. Yeah. So as a young boy, Michael McConnell would hang around his father's barber shop and it was here that he knew he was gay and he dreamed of living in a happy marriage with another man. I love him. He had a really close, Yeah. He had a really close family and it seems like a pretty supportive one. So like even in the time that he grew up, he was able to dream like this because his mother had told him that he deserved the same rights as everyone else. I love we her. love We love a supportive mama. Oh yes. My God, that's beautiful. Yeah. In a rare interview with NPR, I got a lot of really good quotes from this one. Um, Michael told them, uh, quote, I was at a Halloween barn party in Norman, Oklahoma, and my close and very dear friend said, there's someone here I want you to meet. You two are destined for each other. I kind of rolled my eyes and he said, no, really. So this special someone was named Jack Baker. And Jack described this time saying, Jack's a bit of a character. Jack said, quote, at the time, I was looking for the four T's, tall, thin, and 23. I was 20- <laughs> I was 24 and thought perhaps time had passed me by. But there was the four T's standing right there in front of me. And so I was quite excited.
0: That we is so ch- fucking suave. <laughs> what a little yeah. fuckboy. I love it. <laughs>
1: we talked and chatted. And he was one of the people, few people that had a brain in his head. So I wanted to see more of him after that. <laughs> so cute. So- <laughs> So Michael was immediately attracted to Jack as well. Um, and Michael was pursuing a degree in library science at the time. Jack was clearly just as into his brain as he was his body. So they hit it off really quickly. They formed a pretty deep bond. They were going on dates. They were really connecting. Um, I should back up some, some background on Jack. So we talked about how Michael had this really supportive family, right? Mm -hmm. Jack had a very different upbringing. Um, He had been orphaned at age four and spent nearly 12 years at a Catholic boarding school in Illinois, so you can imagine that was probably not great for him. Um, And in college, he joined the Air Force, which put him through an engineering degree, which is great, but he was forced out of service before before actually um, receiving his officer's commission because a fellow airman complained about an unwanted advance. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, so that sucks. But thankfully now he found Michael, okay? Yeah. And... Michael's and he got his engineering
0: into... degree out of it. So.
1: He did. Yeah. And and Michael was just as into Jack, but he was not willing to give up on his dream of a marriage with a happily ever after. It may not have been legal at the time, but he knew what he wanted. And he told NPR, quote, my mother, she had told me that I have the s- same rights as anybody else. And so when Jack asked me to be his lover, I said, well, if you're willing to find a way for us to get married, I will commit to you. Aww. Yeah. And Jack, Jack literally said, bet. <laughs> <laughs> He said, and so that's when I said, well, I'm going to have to find a way to go to law school. And that's where it all started. Shut up. He went to law school for it? He went to law school. She's gays and they's. Baby, I am here to tell you, if he wanted to, he would. Oh my God, I have full body goosies right now. That is so cool. This man went and got a whole ass law degree to make his man happy. Do not settle. Do not settle.
0: No. I got to get off my ass and go to the fridge for my wife more. (laughs) She's going to be finding in a
1: lawyer too, but for a different reason. No. So, (laughs) Jesus Christ. So, it's 1969 and Jack literally does go and enroll in law school at the University of Minnesota. He keeps his promise to Michael he's going to find a way for them to be husbands. So, While at their university in Minnesota, he became the first president of FREE, which stands for um, Fight Repression of Erotic Expression, which was one of the country's earliest um, gay rights organizations for college students. Okay. So that's cool. So they're fighting to hold. So that's Uh, cool. That's cool. I didn't mean to like downplay it. I was being (laughs) sincere. I just sound like a fucking idiot because I'm white. (laughs) I'm white and Midwestern. So that is what it is. So that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Need in need? That. Oh, I literally said it at the same time as you okay. oh my gosh. so the group is fighting to hold um gay and lesbian dances on canvas. um and they were actually also trying to force corporate recruiters rec- recruiters. Oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> Force them recruiters. yep, that cold medicine is conflicting with um, law <laughs> beverage. Force corporate recruiters to pledge not to discriminate in hiring practices, okay? Oof, okay. I'm keeping all of that in. Okay, I'm trying to tighten up my face. It's getting so warm. Oh my god. Okay, you got this. You're doing so I good. Do I can do it. I'm like, I feel like I'm not being, I'm not as like zesty as I usually am with you because I'm just trying so hard to focus. <laughs> for, like taking all my energy. Okay. It's really good. Okay. okay. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate your support at this trying time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm all right. Let's go. Okay. All right, so Michael follows him to the University of Minnesota, and he is promised a position at the university's libraries, which is awesome because he's studying library science. Yeah, yeah, that makes me That's really happy, neat. though. <laughs> it is pretty because I mean, we used to work in a library, so yeah. I fun fact about me, and I'm pretty sure if you listen to me talk about anything ever, it's not going to be surprising. Um, but I, my high school job was in a library, and then one of my college jobs was in a library, and Danny's college job was also in a library.
0: Yeah, I, I actually considered for like a whole semester if I wanted to go on and get my master's of library sciences. Me too. But at the but time, I didn't I was want like, to pay for a master's. Yep. <laughs> at the time, I was like, I'm broken. Uh, Going for a master's is absolutely impossible.
1: And I was too far into my education degree. Yep. Also, another fun fact about me. My actual first job in high school, the summer before my my sophomore year of high school, (laughs) was as a housekeeper at a Best Western hotel. And I will name drop. They're not going to sponsor us. So, extra fun fact. um, They didn't tell me where the rubber gloves were until my last week there. And I was 15, cleaning out, like, king suites with um, Used
0: contraceptives.
1: Yeah, and I I saw some shit, guys. I saw some shit and I didn't know what to do. So I wrapped my hands I wrapped my hands on toilet paper to pick stuff up off the floor that was like contaminated and I probably could have gotten diseases, but you 10% gotten diseases.
0: Especially because she was allergic to the chemicals so her skin was constantly peeling off. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true You were you were like genuinely (laughs)
1: exposed. I was, yeah. I was, like, deathly allergic to the chemicals we were using to clean, but I would just take Benadryl every day. So, like, the one day I didn't take Benadryl, my face puffed up to, like, twice its normal size, and also... Your eyelids um, peeled off. My eyelids peeled off, and the skin on my knees peeled off, because I was always, like, kneeling to clean the showers and stuff. Um, Yeah, it was, like, a real Frankenstein summer. But anyway, how did we get here? Oh, okay. So, he was going to get a job at a library. (laughs) Mm, God, I've been drugs more to focus, idiot. Oh, okay, to fucking Best Western Chemicals. Mm. All right. Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna put on my very serious NPR voice. Right, go. Doing research in his first year of law Ew, school. Ew, I hate Jack it. Just stop it, Jack. So Jack, Jack's looking into the state's marriage laws. Okay, and he has a, like this a pretty important realization. Minnesota's state um, marriage law did not actually mention gender at all. Oh. Oh. Old- Hello, there, so, Loophole, Minnesota. <laughs> I love how you said that. <laughs> Want some Teeter Tot hot dish?
0: Um, that so was any- not good enough. Te- Why don't you come on over hat- here and have some Teeter Tot hot dish? Oh,
1: your accent is so much better. Than it me. is okay. So, <laughs> on May eighteenth, nineteen seventy, our boys Jack and Michael they dress up in white shirts, matching ties, and they enter. The Hennepin County Ho- courthouse. We love a color. Applied for a marriage outfit. license. Hmm? I said we love a coordinating outfit. Oh, of course. So they apply for their marriage license. They pay the little ten dollar fee, and this piques journalists' interest because they're like, "Wait a minute, those are two boys. <laughs> boys? What? Wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Excuse me,
0: I didn't think they could so, do that. Excuse me. Excuse yeah. us?
1: So, as you can probably imagine, the government wasn't just like, "Wow, dog, my bad, you got us." <laughs> So the government obviously refuses to issue the marriage license, and Jack and Michael Rude. argue this because they're like, um,
0: "It literally we're taking doesn't bring up so.
1: bitch." Yeah. So this part sucks so bad. So one of the Supreme Court justices, this little little bitch, this little fucking, this little dirty bitch, I hate her. He literally, he Him. literally turns his chair around and won't face them as a showing of his disgust for the whole proceeding.
0: You fucking little skeezy dirty bitch. I kids. don't care why. So, what does he do that. Also, when fucking murderers and rapists and pedophiles uh, come in front of him, because uh, I no. think they're more disgusting. Little fucking off, queen, pedantic little fucker. What the shit? Yeah, I cannot believe. Well, I can. Ugh, I 100% love the word pedantic. That. Isn't it good?
1: Ugh, it sounds so good on my mouth. Just all
0: right, asshole. Yeah, yeah. I hope he
1: got scurvy
0: and crabs.
1: Uh-huh. Well, it was the 60s not the 1600s you can still get scurvy are you speaking from personal experience (laughs) you do have a mystery illness that we have not been able to identify do you have scurvy no (laughs) (laughs) okay my vitamin c levels are fine anyway (laughs) you know a lot about scurvy i'm just saying you know a lot about scurvy for somebody who claims to never have had scurvy I didn't know vitamin C was even involved. So, that's literally what. Okay. Is that common knowledge? I think that's only common knowledge for you and pirates, Danny. People (laughs) who get scurvy. (laughs) And that judge. Yes. Anyway, Danny is serious. I'm paying attention. The court declared, quote, the institution of marriage as a union of man and woman uniquely involving the procreation and rearing of children within a family is as old as the book of Genesis. What about the fucking separation of church and state,
0: bitch? Uh Uh-huh. And what, does that mean that every
1: couple that doesn't procreate, that means that their marriage is null? Exactly. Can we say that to the new speaker of the house? Because that motherfucker needs, somebody needs to read him for filth. Okay. Anyway. I'm fine. Punch the teeth in? I'm fine. I'm not. Okay. This was not the end of the road for them. Okay? Good. Jack and Michael.
0: He's like, I got a state. fucking law degree I, for I this. Get. I'm and not Jack about to like, just hey. stop.
1: And Jack was like, I literally went to school for this. He told me we're not going to be together unless I find a way for him to be married. So. Um, I don't want my honey with, to leave me. So. <laughs> <laughs> we got I get, get married. married. Exactly. So with the help of the Minnesota Civil Liberties Union, Jack and Michael appealed to the United States Supreme Court in the case Baker v. Nelson- in response to their civil rights and privacy claims, Hennepin County argued that marriage rules were the domain of the states, so they shouldn't be able to take it beyond that. And on October 10th, 1972, now, the court issued a one-line statement. Literally a one line. One line dismissal saying that the appeal was like dismissed for quote want of a substantial federal question. Like essentially they're saying, fuck y'all.
0: Want to Okay. What about hey? My rights are being infringed upon yes. as a citizen of the United States. Bullshit. Yeah. But Bullshit. they're like, mm, so. But you're gay, so therefore no.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So to add insult to injury, in 1970, um, so like backtracking a little bit here. After the publicity about the couple's marriage application, um, the University of Minnesota rescinded Michael's job offer with the library. So like that was also happening during all of this. Me? Yeah. Like. Taking shit to court is expensive, okay? And now he doesn't have a job. So And also he's... a
0: librarian. Like, what's what's it going to hurt having a gay right. librarian? Exactly.
1: And I'm sorry, I feel like a lot of librarians are probably gay. I was
0: going to say, I feel like most librarians are pretty two of them on this fruity. podcast
1: right now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, Michael is really heartbroken over this, of course. Like, this is what his degree was in. This is the job he always wanted. He had been pursuing this career well before Jack was in the picture. So, he sued in federal court. He ultimately lost. Um, and the appeals court came after him saying that he was trying to, quote, foist tacit approval of this socially repugnant concept oh, upon his employer. My like God. The, the, the fuck. No, the, I'm, the,
0: I'm just asking you to not be all up in my business about who I choose to love. Yeah. What like, does that literally have to do with me helping people find exactly. books? Ooh, I can do research. Awesome. What the fuck?
1: Yeah. So, Dewey Decimal. Do he doesn't? (laughs) Um, Michael, though, we love Michael. Michael goes on to use this negative energy to create something really positive. He's just such a gem. He established one of the country's earliest gay community centers. So, meanwhile, he's like channeling all this energy in a really positive way. But meanwhile, he doesn't have a job, right? So, he and Jack basically are scraping by on Jack's GI Bill, which was $75 a month.
0: $75 a month? yeah oh let me google quick okay what yeah i was gonna ask you to do that
1: um so it'd be like uh, less than 600 a month today wow for two yeah. people mm-hmm. and Holy like shit. to fund their court case like oh my god everything. jack yeah. isn't giving up yeah jack isn't giving up he promised his man they were gonna get married and damn it they were all right he came up with a wild fucking plan to make this happen too okay so It's multifaceted. So buckle up. I love it. it.
0: I love me an outline. Let's go.
1: First, Michael had to legally adopt Jack. I'm already in. He had to legally adopt Jack because this would give him um, inheritance and other legal professions. So they had to cover their asses legally first. Okay. So that's what they do first. Okay. So then Jack is working to change his name to Pat Lynn McConnell. Gender neutral. Okay. So you kind of see what's starting to happen here. So he's still continuing as Jack Paker in public, but legally Patlin McConnell under Michael. Michael's dependent, okay? Okay. So Michael said of this time, quote, one of the things that Jack discovered in law school is that there are many ways to accomplish what you really want to do in the legal system. We thought, let's change Jack's name, let's make it gender neutral. So we changed Jack's name to Patlin McConnell. And the license was issued. We went to a friend. We went to a friend who was registered with the state to perform marriages and asked him to perform our marriage, which he did. That was September 3rd, 1971. I have goosebumps. Our rings have a particular, very powerful meaning for me. When our rings are put together, it says Jack loves Mike. When you reverse the sides, it says Mike loves Jack. Goosies. They game the fucking system. Yeah. You. Oh my god. And I have to share the picture of them um, on their wedding day. They're wearing like matching white outfits, but oh, they just my look god, so beautiful. My gosh. I bet. So beautiful. So Jack says, quote, We got quite a bit of criticism and very few people were actually supporting us, but I figured, well, history would speak for itself. That's amazing. Yeah. So when he learned from the news media about the couple's license, the county attorney that had like, you know, the county's office that had issued it called it invalid. But he, this is really he important. can't do that. He, he called it invalid, but he <laughs> never went to the court to rescind it. <laughs> Idiot. Yeah. So Jack basically said, bitch, I did what I had to do. He said, quote, cool, we outfoxed them. That's what lawyers do. Make the law work for them. Mm-hmm. He went and got a whole ass education to outfox the system for his man. He made a promise and he carried through. i If he wanted to, he would.
0: That's just amazing. So, I love this so much. I know.
1: I know. So the men had hoped, like fast forwarding way to the future here, um, they had hoped that the 2015 Supreme Court decision legalizing gay marriage would settle this issue once and for all. Um, but they found out that the marriage contract that had been turned into the county on Blue Earth, Blue Earth County in 1971, signed by the pastor and the witnesses, was never officially recorded. What? So... County officials said that they would not do so now because same-sex marriages performed in the state before 2013 in Minnesota were invalid. So they, if they wanted it like valid with the state, they would have to go and do it now. Okay. So Jack and Michael still maintain that theirs was the first, the country's first lawful same-sex wedding because they were issued a marriage license. Mm-hmm. So the state and federal governments have yet to recognize this, but the pastor that married them, who was ordained and like legally allowed to marry them um roger w lynn calls theirs one of my most successful marriages they are still happily married and they love each other
0: oh that's so sweet
1: Mm -hmm. in 2013 when wait wait wait
0: wait, wait. so it was literally just like a clerical error why it wasn't like
1: Mm, i don't think it was an error well i think it was intentionally yeah yeah so in in this to kind of clarify where they stand now. In 2013, when Minnesota legislature authorized same-sex marriage, so like two years before for the, you know, went through for the whole country, mm-hmm. um, they could have gone to pursue a marriage certificate at that time, but they chose not to. Jack said no, and he was adamant when this happened, like slammed his fist on the table, kind of shit when that was being announced. He said no to reapply now becomes an admission that what we did was not legal, and I will never admit to that. <laughs> oh, my God. And he's right. Yeah. He found a loophole in the law. Yeah. So And they were fucking right. The- exactly. So, like, theirs is not being recorded as, like, the first marriage in, in America that was legally recognized, but, like, it, it was. They yeah. Just like- so, yeah. So, after their marriage in the early 70s, they both became kind of stars in the gay rights movement on, like, a national level. Jack was calling for true legal marriage and basically told the government that like fuck your civil unions it's a cop out like we want marriage yes so and that's not like to shame anybody else who's like in a civil union like mm-hmm. mad respect to you however you choose to like have your relationship but if you want a legal marriage you should have the right to but
0: that but that is just like how strongly i felt about civil unions when like i was yes. about to get married and people were like kind of being shitty and it's like well why can't yep. you have to get married why can't you do this and it's
1: like because exactly. i should not like, fucking. Like, well, why have you have to, to get married Exactly. exactly I should have the choice just like everybody else exactly So, in Look Magazine's January 26, 1971 issue on the American family like that was the title of the issue they were featured as the homosexual couple and it said <laughs> some you gotta listen to this okay some homosexuals, a minority live together in stable often long lasting relationships like Bakers and McConnell <laughs> oh
0: my god I just just, mean like... oh my god Morgan Freeman to be reading this like it's from
1: like planet Some Earth, homosexuals. right? Now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Look exactly. at that homosexual in their natural no. habitat. Who's that guy from Dateline? Oh, the really good. Keith Morrison. I want Keith Morrison. Oh. Some homosexuals. A minority. <laughs> like, I wanted to do. Yes. So, when, when Mr. Baker, my voice impressions are not good. They're I do so bad, good... but I like, I, I do a... hear it though. Bitch, I do a really good Moira Rose though. You do? question mark i do oh my god i do it at home all the time and it's so good but every time i try to like snap you and our friends i like fuck it up okay i'm gonna try to do it now i'm trying to do it already okay this is this is this is the enchiladas episode okay so david here's what you do you you fell you fell in the chase oh it's bad i can't oh, do man, it I-, I can't do it <laughs> i'd <laughs> ask ask my husband when it's just us i'm so good at it. I'm so, like, it drives him nuts how good I am at it, but then he thinks it's so funny that I can never do it in front of anybody else without fucking it up. <laughs> I can't. Like, good. He never could, like, hear,
0: hear this... that you knew yes. it in your voice, too. Yeah. You're just like, this is not going well.
1: David, I can't teach you everything. What you could you teach me? this one thing? thing? Or, I can't show you everything. And then he leaves, and she's like, David, <laughs> don't you dare. Ta- it's so good. It's so good when I'm not. Okay, it's fine. No, okay. You know my husband is the f- he's the first one to be a hater. Just <laughs> like, ask him, and he will tell you. Okay, but anyway, all right. Back to the story, Mr. Baker. So, Mr. Baker, I'm very official right now. Um, when Jack was elected in 1971 as um, the openly gay student body president at the University of Minnesota, yes. Walter Cronkite even reported it on the nightly news. That they seems weird and on- unnecessary. No, but remember, they were, like, kind of at the height of that, like, movement. Oh, I okay. sidetracked yeah, us with Moira yeah, Rose. That's that what I was talking is... about. I'm like, like, why they... are they, like, pres-
0: like um reporting on a student body president? Like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh. No, it was that he was openly gay. And then they also were on, like, the Phil Donahue show. It was a big deal. So, I have this, like, very long quote from the New York Times, but I feel like it was put so well. And I'm just, so I'm just going to quote the Times, okay? okay? If it sucks, I'll boo you. Teeny, year very sense. Okay. But by 1980, frustrated as the marriage issue failed to take off and under attack by gay leaders who called them crazies for refusing to make political compromises, they dropped out of public life. Since then, they've been leading quiet lives, still renovating the arts and crafts house they bought as a wreck in 1979. Mr. McConnell, who retired as a senior official after a 37-year career with the Hennepin County Library System... <gasps> Cooks in his dream kitchen and grows herbs. Yes, he does. Mr. Baker, after years of private legal work and a job editing technical manuals, and after weathering medical challenges, tinkers in the yard and plants lilies along their street in South Minneapolis. Cute
0: little nerd. I love it.
1: I know. So Michael says of their early years together, this was the age of the sexual revolution, and we were a part of that. We weren't prudes, but we were also (laughs) focused on a long-term committed relationship. So he's saying, you know, like, I wasn't a prude. I was, I was all about it. But I still wanted that long-term relationship.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can be a little freaky in the sheets and still want... Girl, do not sully this story. No, I'm saying, like, you can have whatever sexual preferences and still want something that's considered, like, wholesome. Like, I can still want marriage. I can still want the, like, 2.5 kids and the white picket fence, even if, like... I'm into BDSM or some shit like that, right? Like, I'm not. I'm saying, like, someone could. I probably hadn't used poor phrasing there. Quit looking at me like that.
1: Yeah, you really took a turn. You took this in a direction. No shame to the BDSM community, no. but, like, Danny took this in a direction that our boy Mike was not talking about. <laughs> well. sit in silence. Think about what you've done. Now who's getting booed? <laughs>
0: I don't think I did anything wrong. Don't shame me. <laughs> You're like, I'd I I stand it. by it.
1: I mean, like could a, I have phrased it better?
0: Probably.
1: Perhaps. I didn't. It's a little bit of a shorter, Probably, a of a shorter episode today, but good stories that I've been I've been wanting to tell for a while. So I was glad that it just kind of mashed up where I could do them both together. You so, like my shirt? I do like your shirt. Danny is wearing a pansexual flag shirt, um, and it has a skeleton drinking up a pansexual mug.
0: It's a good shirt. This is one of the four shirts that I wear and they all have skeletons, skeletons on them because i am apparently a little
1: emo boy they're called skeletons according to my three-year-old skeletons skeletons check Jack Skilkin. i love your kids they're so fun yeah all right anyway let's wrap this bitch up so right. those were two wily weddings with some queers who game the system hope you enjoyed Don't really remember how we end these because we've been wildly inconsistent with posting. We don't even know what we're doing. We're professionals. Just kidding. Okay. You can find
0: us. I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to do it this time.
1: You always do it. You can find us at thegaycousinclub.com. And we have a TikTok where we post funny stuff sometimes. We're inconsistent. I forget it's there. And we also have an Instagram and Danny's feeling jealous that I talked over her. So Danny, what else would you like to add?
0: Also, you can email us at tgccpod at (laughs) gmail.com and consider leaving us a review if it's positive. If it's negative, please don't. because we will cry for a long time. Yeah. And we'll get even more inconsistent about
1: posting. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Minimum five-star review if you can find a way to leave higher than five stars. That is preferred. If you don't like us... You don't have to share it. That's the we thought thought like us. you're allowed to we, have, but we don't like we it. Are, we, are, we already give ourselves a zero-star review as humans. We don't need to hear you. <laughs> if we see a negative review, we'd be like,
0: yep, I thought that too. That's the 13th reason. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but you're not you're wrong. Right. Wish you wouldn't said it, but you're not wrong.
1: Right.
0: When you're right,
1: you're right. You're yeah. right.
0: On that note, Mm. meeting Meeting adjourned. adjourned. Bye. Love you. Bye. Hate ourselves. Love you. (laughs) Jesus, take the wheel so we don't shit
1: ourselves. (laughs) I don't want that to be a we. That's just a you situation. Okay, bye. We're done. Okay. Cut it.